stay tuned for another sports presentation on the worldwide leader of Marshall University Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. It's time for Sports Buzz, WMUL's weekly sports talk show with a competitive twist. Four enter, but only one will leave as this week's champion of current sports topics. And now, here's this week's moderator. Hello and welcome to Sports Buzz. I'm your moderator, Luke Hamilton. Joined with me today is a panel of three people. we got a newcomer and a couple of Sports Buzz veterans. We're going to go ahead and introduce today's panel. Uh, yeah, senior sports journalism major Kyle Spalding. Um, got quite a few wins on this show here, so I'm just looking to take another one home. Who they? Who they? Who they think going to beat the Bengals? Nobody. Ben Anderson, sophomore. I got one win last year. I'm ready, I'm ready to rock and roll once again. All right, well, I'm the newcomer here. I'm Jonathan Edwards. I'm a senior sports journalism major here at Marshall. Uh, just looking to get a humble first win. All right, guys, let's get started. We're going to start off with a question about the NFL. So everyone knows now Joe Burrow is back to practice for the Bengals. How do you think Cincinnati will stack up against the rest of the league now that he's back? We'll start with... You, Ben Anderson. Well, I know this can be a very biased opinion, but you know what? I've seen many experts say this. A lot of experts are predicting Cincinnati to heavily win the AFC North. Yes, is Pittsburgh re- have rebuilt their squad? Yes, they have. Kenny Pickett, he's honestly looking pretty good. Last year, he improved a lot from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. He, he improved. They got a lot of talent for him. Baltimore, still got a lot of talent there. Cleveland, the Browns are the Browns. We, we, we all know that. But then for the Bengals, though, Joe Burrow's back. You got T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and, of course, Jamar Chase. You got phenomenal offense. You lost a couple key plays on the defensive end, but they did they did great with the draft. Watch to replace a couple of those veterans. Yes, we play Cleveland and Baltimore weeks one and two. If we can win those, you got the Rams, Titans, and Cardinals, and the Seahawks. That is a great four-game stretch. You could get a couple more wins there. I honestly think with Joe Burrow back, the Bengals can make that deep playoff run. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. Bengals are winning the Super Bowl this year. Who day for life? Bold take. I'll have, to, I'll have to agree with that statement to a point. As much as I hate to being a Steelers fan, I do believe the Bengals will pull off the AFC North. I think they win the AFC North. Pittsburgh has a chance to beat them. I'm not going to say they do, but they have to win most of their games inside the division when they play. Lamar Jackson, I think the NFL has figured him out. The Ravens dropped him, in my opinion, last in the entire AFC North. I think the Browns take third. But as far as Joe Burrow goes, I mean, the guy, he injured what was his calf. If I'm not mistaken, had surgery on his calf. That's not a career-ending surgery. The guy threw for 4,475 last year. There were 4,611 the year prior. Like He's not slowing down anytime soon. He had more completions last year than the year prior with 414. Like Joe Burrow, just because he took a few months off to make sure his cap's okay, doesn't mean that Joe Burrow turned into a washed-up player. And I say, and a lot of people agree that he's a top-five quarterback. Absolutely. I think he's a top, top he, two. Well, and arguably, if you look at now, you can make an argument saying, now, well, obviously, he's one of the best quarterbacks ever played for Cincinnati in the short history of the program and franchise. Probably the best. Well, 
Can, you can make an argument with Ken Anderson. Ken Anderson's pretty Ken, good. Ken Anderson, yeah. you can make an argument on that. But. but my thing is with Burrow, dude, the team still has – it's not like Burrow got hurt, had surgery, they lost anybody. They still have Chase. They still have – T. Higgins. T. Higgins. I don't know why I couldn't think of him. Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. Like, it's still the same Bengals lineup. He's still throwing to the same guys. Joe Burrow's going to do what Joe Burrow does. And in my opinion, I agree with you. I think they should have taken that one home against the Rams. So I don't, I don't know if they'll be back next year or this year, but I do think that Joe Burrow will walk away with the Super Bowl before his career is completely over. In Cincinnati. In Cincinnati, I think that the Bengals, as much as it pains me to say, <laughs> will win a Super Bowl at some point in the next five to seven years. Which I think I don't think Joe Burrow is ever going to leave Cincinnati. I think he's going to be that all-time player for them. If it's not, then uh, I think he may pull a Brady route if he ever leaves it'd be very late in his career for a cash grab but he seems like a very loyal guy to Cincinnati as with many of the other guys there and I think that's a big strength of them is they're all very um, committed to their uh, philosophy as a team they've been like that since Burrow came in changed the franchise around but um, speaking on this though I think with last season as well since he got off to a slow start and got hot late um, I think a lot of this had to do with Burrow or many starters just not playing at all in the preseason, even for if just a drive. And now with Burrow having this uh, injury that kept him out of the preseason, which I think, honestly, they probably would have played him if he wouldn't have got hurt just a little bit because I think it hindered them two or three games last year um, early on. And I really think that um, if he would have gotten to play some preseason, they would have won some crucial games early on that would have solidified the first seed in the AFC and um, I think with him not getting to play this preseason as well, I think they're going to have a similar start but get hot on that four or five game streak like Ben talked about. And uh, I still think they're going to have a great shot at finishing top of AFC North, and I think they're going to make a deep run for either at least the divisional or AFC championship at the minimum. And I think they could go to the Super Bowl if they pull it off. Yep. All right, guys, next question will be about the NFL as well. And the tide is turning for NFL teams in the use of undrafted players. So, in 2020, teams spent over $8 million on undrafted players, and in 2022, that number reached nearly $15 million. Is there an advantage of being an undrafted player in today's NFL? And do you think, or do you trust, NFL franchises to make the right decision in free agency and with their draft choices? We will start with Kyle. So, you know, this is a tough question to answer when you think about it, because not only in the NFL, it goes NBA, every sport you look at, the money grows. So you have to look at more than they spent more money in 2022 than they did in 2020. They spent $8 million in 2020. They spent 14 in 2022. All that means is the price of players has went up as a whole. It doesn't mean that they're signing more undrafted players by any means. So for me, I don't trust any franchise whatsoever because all it is is a money grab. They don't care about their story. You saw the stuff going on where they cut half the players off every team, only 53-man rosters back to that. Mm-hmm. So, personally, I just I wouldn't trust any of them to make any right decision. They're going to make whatever decision it takes to win games and make money. That doesn't mean that's always the right decision. I want to bounce off the end, Kyle. Like, in terms of decisions, like the New England Patriots, they have one quarterback now. You cut Bailey Zappi and... Malik Cunningham, yeah, Malik, the, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So they've cut their other two backup quarterbacks. It's Chase McSorley, Chase oh, McSorley, yeah, and Bailey Zappi. They cut both of those guys, and they have Mac Jones left. And that's one of the situations you're going. 
okay, yes, money is probably money wise and winning games, but that that those type of decisions will make you kind of question NFL franchise of why would you only have that one quarterback, true quarterback on the roster? Because. Yeah, Trace McSorley, yes, he's phenomenal in college. He's kind of showed a little bit of glimpses coming as a back. He's a good he shows as a backup. Career backup. Bailey Zappi is that we saw him when Matt Jones is hurt. He could be a he's a solid backup. You can play you can start him if you need if you need him as a short term option. Yeah. Bailey Zappi can be that guy. I really uh, I really think um I was actually in Nashville for the preseason Titans Patriots game and as a Patriots fan watching Zappi throw for well, combined, just the Pats had less than 100 yards of offense. And now, meanwhile, we didn't have any starters in. I think uh, cutting Zappy was a little risky, but his performance on this past Friday was a really big red flag. However, both Malik Cunningham and Bailey Zappy are both back on the practice squad as of today. So I think they'll just wait till game day to pull them up. Don't want to waste the roster spot until you have to. And the uh, I'm sorry, Kyle, but the other arguments will make the in terms of undrafted players. Well, I, I actually just thought it'd be the last play in the draft, though. You could take like a guy like Brock Purdy. He probably could have definitely gone undrafted, but at most times the last bit in the draft, you look at this kid going, "Man, this guy's never gonna make it." Mm-hmm. Next, you know, he's now gonna potentially be the new starting quarterback, new franchise quarterback for the San Francisco 49. Yeah, it's like the this- biggest turnaround story. We got a couple Marshall guys currently. Making their way in the past, guys like Kalen Layburn. Mm-hmm. Be honest, like he can he can work his way up to the main roster and sh- and show a lot of potential. Yeah. And with the t- when days of draft bust and free agency, I, yeah, I do not trust NFL franchises because at the end of the day, the NFL draft it's it's it's, it's basically it's a coin flip. Right, and, and it's a coin flip. And where you played, and that's coming into what I was about to say. What you just said off of the whole undrafted thing. And it's like a story you don't hear about often. It's like Kurt Warner. The guy worked at a fish market, and then he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time now. He could have been drafted. It's about where you played at and who you are, what connections you have, what agent you have. So much stuff goes into it. Skill doesn't go into it half the time. Same thing with NBA, anything. And I'll tell you this right now. If franchises were going to do the right thing, the Steelers would have got rid of Mitch Trubisky three years ago, <laughs> and Mason Rudolph would be the backup. But guess what? They didn't, and then he throws however many interceptions throughout the preseason. So they don't. It's about the name, man. It's about if people know you or not. It's not about how good you are. That's yep. why guys that in the NBA may not do anything for years. Udonis Haslam has been on the Heat and hasn't played a game. If he did play, he played five minutes and got there and fouled somebody for ten years. I mean, it's it's what it is. It's football. You keep guys on the team that are coaches, but they're not do like. You have a veteran player who doesn't touch the field, but he's teaching the younger guys. In the long run, he might be teaching them things, but as a physical aspect, is that really helping your franchise when you could have an undrafted guy or a rookie come in who could do ten times more for that team if he gets the chance? They don't care about anything but the money. But yeah, it's a business at the end of the day. I mean, it's pro sports. It's a little different than college. College is more based on getting these guys ready to go to the league if they want to play in the future. Uh, the NFL is cutthroat business, and um, at the end of the day, if you're not bringing them money, if you're not performing, if you're not winning, they don't need you there. Um, but also with free agency, I think drafting is more of just a uh, entertainment aspect. I mean, of course, the draft is important, but I think free agency, the gap between the two and their talent effects means nothing, um, really. I mean, there's, of course, one or two guys every year, but Really, at the end of at the end of the day, it's um it's about who you pl- uh, how you play in college, no matter where you go. 
Alright guys, a lot of agreeance on that one, but we're going to move over to a similar topic with Trey Lance, who was a top five pick for the 49ers in 2021. Now he is excited to be a part of the Dallas Cowboys. So do you think this is a good move for Trey Lance and his career? And he's only played eight games with the 49ers. So how will the Cowboys benefit from this addition, and how will Trey Lance benefit from the addition as well? I'll go ahead and start. So I actually think, I don't know how Trey Lance couldn't be excited about this. Um, He really, they considered him a bust after eight games. I mean, look what San Francisco did last year. I I think, honestly, one of us could go back there and play quarterback for San Francisco and at least get past the divisional round. Um, They're just stacked all around. But I I think Trey Lance should be happy um, to have a second chance. I think Dak, uh, I mean, he's been kind of mundane recently, and I think um, this will bring good competition. He may have a chance to eventually really threaten for that first over uh, that starting position, and um, I think it's a good move for the Cowboys. I mean, they barely gave anything up. Um, Trey was a top five pick for the Niners, and um, they gave away a lot of opportunities. I looked at a list the other day, and just the sheer amount of people they passed on to get a guy that they used for eight games and then moved on and never did anything with again. So I think the uh, the Cowboys and 49ers both benefited from this. Uh, kind of dead weight for the 49ers, but also the Cowboys get some much-needed depth and I think uh, really give some fire in the locker room to tell Dak that his job may not always be safe. So, you know, I agree with that to an extent. I think the, the problem with Trey Lance and the situation he was in is that it was more the office for the 49ers, not playing him. Like, you got... Jimmy G was the backup for Brady. He's got the look. He's got that Brady-esque style to him that people like to see. So the 49ers took their chance with him, and he played good. Trey Lance coming off of a leg injury. He didn't get the chance to really do anything and like show who he was as a quarterback. It's thrown in there in situations where you can't do much, just like the Steelers did with Pickett when Trubisky was playing terrible every game at the start of the season. They put him in there whenever it didn't matter. And then you expect him to shine. You've given this guy no shot. Let him start it out and do something with it. But when it comes to Dallas, you saw what happened last year. Dak got hurt. Cooper Rush played out of his mind. Dak comes back. And sure enough, Dak does not produce. I mean, he won some games. They didn't do anything as usual because they're the Cowboys and they never do anything at all. (laughs) Uh, But if Trey Lance gets the green light over top of Cooper Rush, Dak Prescott is known to be injury prone. We may see him go out again potential, but I, I don't think that Dak is what people say he is. He'll have a great game here, then he'll throw for nothing here. Like It's it's hit or miss with Dak Prescott, so I think you're right about that. Having Trey Lance there behind him does kind of get that factor like you don't produce, you can be replaced, but that also comes down to how Lance performs in practice and when he gets to step up for that chance. I honestly do think, well, with Dak Prescott, he's been struggling as of lately. He's injury-prone. It's great to have Trey Lance as the backup option. But does this improve the Cowboys? No. no. It does not. And here's the reason why. You have, there's three playoff teams from last year in this division. The only team that did not make the playoffs was Washington Commanders. Well, that's because they're Washington Commanders. They're they, they've struggled the last couple years. Well, with new, now it's new ownership. They're looking to completely turn that franchise around. You have the New York Giants, who... Yeah, they, they can win games. 
They're not the best team in the world, but they can win games. Last year was a fluke for them. Okay, I do agree with you. I, I, agree, I agree to an extent. I agree, I agree but like, I think Daniel Jones okay, is going to okay. be. Okay, but let, oh, me get, sorry, let, let me get back to my point, though. I'm sorry, guys. Well, you got the Philadelphia Eagles. Went to the Super Bowl last year. Jalen Hurts had the season of his life a year ago. and Won't happen again. I said that the Eagles have a lot of talent. I think this will be a very competitive division. I still don't think Trey Lance is enough for the Cowboys to win this division or make that deep playoff run. I see them getting a wild card at best in the in the NFC, like they have been. So I think it's going to be the same old Dallas Cowboys, no matter who's playing at quarterback. Okay, I'll agree with you there on that, just because they didn't need another quarterback. You already saw that Cooper Rush can produce whenever Dak does get hurt if you want to play him. So you don't really need Lance. I mean, I guess having a third that has potential is nice for the team, but when it comes to the Cowboys, one, the Giants, they're not going to be there this year. They literally won like seven games at the last minute out of pure luck because something went their way, a flag got thrown or something. The Giants will not be what they were. I don't think Daniel Jones is what everybody hypes him up to be, the whole Danny Dime story. <laughs> and I don't think Jalen Hurts will have the season he has either, but that being said, I don't think that the Cowboys still win the division. You're right about that. I think the Eagles take it home. Cowboys finish second. If they do make the playoffs, there'll be a first-round exit per usual when they always make it because the Dallas Cowboys haven't been good since they won their last Super Bowl. Which is way before any of us were even born. Mm-hmm. I might have been alive. <laughs> Old oh, man. All right, we're going to go to our next question. This time we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. He has had mixed reviews by fans on this upcoming season with the Jets. So do you guys think he will have a good season with just his second franchise since playing with the Packers. I will start with Jonathan. So, as probably the token hater of Aaron Rodgers throughout the years, one of the all-time greats, but seeing him go to one of uh, my team's biggest rivals, I hate it. Um, But I think a lot of the hype is warranted. I mean, he's a legendary quarterback. Lots of good... um, The Jets last year were a very solid team with just a few missing parts. You get rid of a terrible quarterback, you bring in a seasoned vet toward the end of his career. Um, I really think they have a shot to do pretty good, but all the Super Bowl hype, I'm not believing it yet. I mean, he left Green Bay. I think one of my biggest qualms with them is um, Rodgers left and had this big pity fit about um, not having good enough weapons in Green Bay, and then he goes and gets Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. Um, I think it's a little hypocritical, but I think the Jets have a lot to look forward to. I think they'll be in the playoffs. I don't know if they'll win the AFC East this year because you never know what the Bills are going to do with Josh Allen. Um, I'm really interested to see uh, what Rodgers is going to do. I'm going to hate playing him twice a year until he retires, but um, I think fans of the New York franchise should be very, very excited to have just a little bit of hope for once. Um, But, yeah, I think Rodgers will at least fit in there but I don't know how much more he has left in the tank. I'm telling you right now, Aaron Rodgers is back and on a mission. Unquestionable. They've got a good line. They just added Dalvin Cook to the team, another running back that can produce. you got Brees Hall. And then on top of that, you've got Garrett Wilson. You've got a great defense to back you up. They've got Randall Cobb out of nowhere shows up with Rodgers to play. Like They've got players that can produce no matter how old they are. And on top of that, I'll be the one to say it. Aaron Rodgers is doing what so many people in this world wish they could do. Go on a life journey and figure out who you are when you're down. This guy was depressed, had terrible mental problems, traveled to South America to try the ayahuasca, 
went on a life journey, and after he'd done that, it said it improved his mental health by 10. What person who isn't serious about fixing their self and their career locks their self in Oregon in a dark room for four days straight with no light? by themselves in a 300-square-foot cabin. Aaron Rodgers is a new man unleashed, no matter how old he is. And honestly, I think he might put up MVP numbers this year. Ooh. As crazy as that sounds, he's got the weapons to do it. No. no, no, no. Aaron Rodgers, it will not even be an MVP conversation. I don't think, no. The Ayahuasca, I'm telling you. <laughs> You got Josh Allen, Patrick Holmes, and Joe Burrow, and you say and you put him in that discussion? Yes, and that's I just will. in this conference too. That's you just, did you not see this man in preseason? What he done is okay. okay I, I, I saw it, but it's the New York Jets we're talking about here. It was a it's rival the New game. York Jets. It might be the Jets, but it was a rival game. Preseason Giants versus Jets. They're playing everybody. Rogers is literally for one drive. Got gray hair. It doesn't matter. Gray hair in the beard. Gray head on the hair. And this guy is pressing a lime and saying, "I don't even know who you are." This man doesn't fear hey, anybody. Just because you could trash talk doesn't mean you can win football games, Kyle. He did. Did he not? I mean, he did win the exactly. preseason game, but it's the Jets. I do not think Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to turn this team around. Turn them around? They started off great last year. They played great. They did I said, but they've been to the playoffs, though. And they haven't been to the playoffs since God knows how They didn't home. have Aaron Rodgers. You took a team that had every piece they needed, added a great running back as a backup, and then you add one of the greatest quarterbacks, possibly top five all time. Let's not push it. Yeah, let's not push it, man. <laughs> but he is, I think he is definitely okay. top 15. But it's yeah, not a discussion, but you can't name me five better. Five. You can't. I will. Hey, when a commercial Another break, time. hey, when we go to commercial break, I will, or I will argue that point. You'll but see. Biggest things for, this AFC is so stacked with so much talent. I don't think the Jets will be up there in that playoff race. You don't think they make the playoffs? I said I'm, a, I'm a in a deep playoff run though, and there's so many stacked teams. I don't think he can make a deep playoff run with the Jets. Uh, the amount because you got to get through Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, possibly Pittsburgh. Baltimore, Pittsburgh. The he's got so much teams he's got to get you through. You won't have to get through Baltimore because they won't be there. I say, and possibly the Chargers are never, they're yeah, never look back. Never back. count out Herbert. Never yeah, count, count out Herbert. Justin Herbert. That's what I'm saying. Sure. He's got to go through so much teams. Pittsburgh, if you want to be a homer. I just don't see it happening for the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers. I just, I just I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I am saying that that team, with everything they've added to it and the skill that they have, have the potential to make it to the AFC Championship. Didn't say they'll win it, but they have the potential to make it to the AFC Championship. I'm thinking divisional. I think they get knocked out divisional. I think if they, I think they'll slide in as a wild card just because getting uh, getting a buy in um, the AFC is just impossible. Um, but I think that they will make it to the divisional round. I don't know if they'll make it past that. You got a lot of tough competition, and uh, I guess we'll see how they're doing. I'm. I don't know. Tell you what, I'll bet money on this. If they meet the Bengals in the playoffs, I bet the Jets beat them. Maybe off of experience. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. I'll put money up. Since he's good at blowing games, so we'll see. Exactly. You did not just say that. Word did. word. You did not just say that. stutter. All right, guys. Getting a little bit heated there, but for now we're going to go to a quick break, and we will see you when we come back to talk more about... NFL, NBA, basketball, and martial athletics here on Sports Buzz.
There's a horrifying abomination in the eyes of God. I get a lot of questions from my victims about my taste in music. Of course, the terrified wretches are actually just scrounging in vain to find some modicum of humanity beneath my hideous exterior so that they may talk me out of devouring them alive, but that's beside the point. My taste in music is about as wide as my gaping cavernous jaws. <laughs> oh, but my musical preferences aren't lined with hundreds of tiny, needle-thin, hooked teeth. I love jazz and alternative, blues and gospel, and everything in between. And I gotta say, the only station that meets my musical needs as a pus-oozing perversion and fashion miscreation of science is WMUL. They've got the best variety of music in the tri-state region, not to mention award-winning news and sports coverage. I can't say it any plainer. 88.1 WMUL is my favorite radio station. Now if you'll excuse me, I'm famished. Of course, I'm always famished because I only know endless feeding and good radio, but that's beside the point. Touchdown, thundering herd! Want to know the time of our next sports broadcast? Go to our website at www.marshall.edu slash WMUL and find the entire sports schedule on the front page. You can even go one step further and listen to the game live right off our website, www.marshall.edu slash WMUL. Yet another reason why we're the worldwide leader of Marshall sports coverage, WMUL 88.1. Does searching for good music on the radio feel like a wild goose chase? Hey, goose! Hey, come back here! Don't you get away from me! Aha! Gotcha! Ow! Well, your chase is over. Because throughout the week, WMUL plays many genres of music. From hip-hop to jazz to many flavors of alternative, WMUL has just what you're looking for. So don't be like this guy. Stop it, goose! Tune in to 88.1 WMUL. The cutting edge. Hello and welcome back to Sports Buzz. I'm your host, Luke Hamilton. Joined with me, Ben Anderson, Jonathan Edwards, and Kyle Spaulding on the panel. All three members still remain, but I have a feeling this next question may stir up the pot a little bit. And we've had a lot of agreeance on the first topics, all concerning the NFL. But we're still going to stay on the NFL for now. And the first question we have for you guys is Steelers last year. Pittsburgh Steelers, Kenny Pickett didn't play for half of the season. They still finished positive, though. They had a great, some great draft picks, and they dominated in preseason going 3-0. Are the Pittsburgh Steelers back, or is this all a fluke? We will start with Kyle. 100% back and better than ever in the past three years. We've still got the worst OC in the league. We've got Matt Canada, sadly. But on top of that, take Matt Canada out of the picture. Kenny, or Kenny Pickett is producing. He got screwed over last year whenever he started out coming off the bench from Trubisky. He had to make some long throws, trying to get things going during games, so it made his stats look worse than what they are. Receivers dropped wide open passes, but when it came down to it, Kenny Pickett later in the season even told his own OC that his headset wasn't working when it was, just so he could do what he wanted on the drive, and what he do? He won five games in a row straight at the end of it, because that's what Kenny Pickett does. Now you add players coming back, George Pickens, you still got Deontay Johnson when he doesn't play bad, Pat Fryermuth never drops the ball. Najee's been playing great. Preseason, we smacked everybody. Smacked the Buccaneers. Smacked Josh Allen. terrible. Josh Allen was four and out twice in a row. Josh Allen never goes four and out twice. Then we pick off their backup three times. Score on one of them. And then we smack the Falcons off the face of the earth. It's also terrible. 
It the Bills are terrible. No, the, I said the Falcons. Okay, but the Bills are terrible. No. Look what Josh Allen done. Boxed the entire time. Josh Allen couldn't do anything. Backup couldn't do anything. We drafted Herbig. Herbig's playing out of his mind, sacking everybody. TJ Watt's still out there. We have the best defense in the league. Joey Porter Jr. back. Mika Fitzpatrick back. Unreal squad that we have on every single angle. And then to top it off, we're just lying. Everything we do is unreal. Steelers will go 13-4 and this year. Mark my words. 13-4. and I said earlier that the Bengals would probably win the division. I said probably. Doesn't mean they're going to because I promise you we beat the Browns at least once. We sweep the Ravens, and we might just sweep the Bengals if it comes down to it. Actually, looking at their schedule, that makes sense because you got the Raiders, the Browns twice, the 49ers, the Texans, of course, Baltimore, Cincinnati twice, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Green Bay, Arizona, New England, and Indianapolis and Seattle. None of those teams are really phenomenal in the NFL. It doesn't you matter. Have the, you have an easy schedule. It doesn't matter in the NFL. What are you talking about, easy schedule? We play the, the Rams. Our first bad. game of the season is the other team with the best defense. Okay, but I'm just saying, but later on down the road, the Raiders are not good. The Texans are bad. The, Char- the Rams, bad. The Jaguars are hit or miss. T- Titans are hit or miss. Green Bay is not that good what either. What are you smoking? This doesn't, the Jags are good. The Jags are good. I, okay, they I made the, the playoffs okay, last year. They okay. almost upset the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, I, I said, yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk. What do you mean that? I, okay, okay, I thought about years past. I, for, I forgot about Trevor Lawrence. My, my, How do you clearly. forget about okay, but Trevor Lawrence? Okay, but Arizona... That, uh, that's been that's a hit. 16, yeah. baby. And then you got, yeah, C- and then you got Indianapolis. Okay, I what see I see your argument, but scheduling... You all I'm play just... every team that we play. You play the Cardinals. You play the Rams. You play the Titans. You play the Texans. You okay. play the 49ers. But, okay, it's my thing there. <coughs> when was the last time the Steelers actually won a playoff game? You play game? the Seahawks. You play the Colts. When was the last time the Steelers won a playoff game? January 15th, 2017. Congratulations, because we had Big Ben, who had a broke arm trying to throw to nobody whenever we had Matt Canada, still his OC, calling short pass plays. We used to be predictable. Run the first two possessions every time. Pray it works out. If it doesn't, throw a slant route to somebody and hope we get the first. If we don't, kick it away and pray our defense stops them. And our defense has still been great every single year. But I don't think the Steelers are back. The reason you make it our bet the Bengals. The Bengals have been winning games the last couple of years. Clearly you didn't watch preseason at all because Kenny Pickett was throwing balls wherever he no, felt I don't like they were dropping in hands like magnets. One word, preseason. Season. Listen, I you know, I am all for Kenny Pickett and uh Pickens, you know, doing great in the preseason. I think that's awesome. However, uh, let's look. Let's stay in the AFC North. Look at the Ravens. They went undefeated in the preseason for eight years until this year. And how has it panned out for them? I, I see. I think the Steelers are going to be really good this year. However, I wouldn't consider them back to that top Steelers franchise type standard because the standard's so high. Well, and then the standard's so high. You haven't won a Super Bowl since 2009. When was the last time you won a Super Bowl? Never. But, my point, but I didn't know. My point but, exactly. I didn't, but at least How was a guy who's hey. never had a Super Bowl in his franchise going to tell me when was the last time I, I didn't, but at least my team went to the Super Bowl in the last five years. Congratulations. My team's been falling apart, but guess what? We're back now. We played A-Raj. I don't, but I say, I don't see y'all getting past the top teams in the country. I mean, And if I don't see you getting past, you got Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, and you got this team so stacked. So I don't do see you. Our I don't, teams almost have the exact same lineup this year. Identical, pretty much. You but I don't Bills, think Pittsburgh is back. Are the Bengals going to get by them, too? 
Probably not. I say Cincinnati gets past Pittsburgh. How many times? What do you guys Once. think? For- I think we'll split. Okay, okay, yeah, we split it. That we won't. I, I said we probably lose you the first time, beat you the second time, and if you meet in the playoffs, we we'll beat you in the playoffs. I I stand no by that too. Shot. If we meet you in the playoffs, oh we'll no, 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 all out. All that playoff experience that Burrow and everyone has from the last three years is going to show in that game, and well, I well, promise you. All the Bengals playoff experience that Mike Tomlin has from every winning season that he's had for the last eighteen years is going to show. But he gets he excited about eight and eight these days. He gets excited about being mediocre. I'm sorry, he had nobody to work with. Pickett is not. And Kenny Pickett's not top quarterback. You're you're nuts. Kenny Pickett's going to be top ten. I'll be shocked if he doesn't top five in stats this year. Oh my god! You'll see. <laughs> You'll see. I'm telling you right now. Kenny Pickett has every single quality it takes to be a star QB. Name me one other quarterback as young as him that will go into a game, win five games on game-winning drives in a row at the end of the season. Five, count them, five in a row, and literally look at his OC and say. Mike's not working. Point at his helmet, knowing good and well he can hear everything he's saying and do what exactly he thinks needs to be done. Passed on every drive. You know Matt Canada was saying, run that ball, give it to Najee. He passed every play. And what did he do? Produced touchdowns. Produced wins. Kenny Pickett does what Kenny Pickett does. And you're going to see it all season long. So there's two people in the AFC North that have already done that and proved it in the last six years. Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Thank you. Hey, really? Bar- yeah. really? When, uh, did, uh, when did those two guys look at their coach and say, my head's just not working? When no, did those both, two guys get five game-winning drives in a row? Because neither I one said, of them got the five Kansas in a row. The Kansas champion, uh, uh, AFC Championship game two years ago, headset went out on the game-winning drive. Burrow drives down the field and wins Joe the Burrow game. Joe Burrow also one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. And he yeah. still is. I know that. I'm, I'm not saying Kenny Pickett that, is not in that top five. Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Because we haven't started the season yet. But I promise you, top ten, I'll be shocked if not top five. Well, this will be a good revisit. <laughs> oh, it'll be a great revisit. I can't wait to prove you all wrong. All right, guys. Like I said, that topic, I knew it would stir the pot up a little bit. Got a little bit heated. We're going to move over to basketball now after spending the majority of the show talking about football. And we're going to start out with Team USA. Team USA has proven in the FIBA World Cup that they can continue to blow out teams despite missing out on the superstar-stacked roster that we are accustomed to. And Anthony Edwards was very confident after their win over Jordan yesterday. And Brandon Ingram has kind of fallen out of the starting lineup after being compared to Kevin Durant's performances with Team USA in the past. Do you think Team USA will fall apart at some point during FIBA play, or will they win with ease? And I'll start with you, Kyle. I just don't know any team in the entire FIBA World Cup that can compete with Team USA. I mean, they haven't really blown teams they played out. You've got teams out there with some squads. Like, you've got Canada, Dylan Brooks and players like that. You've got France with Rudy Gobert, Slovenia with Luka Doncic, Greece with Giannis Antetokounmpo. You've got players out there, but do those players have the teams that match up with USA? USA's got Brandon Ingram, Austin Reeves, Anthony Edwards, you've got multiple players that are stars on their team. I know I know that Reeves isn't a star yet, but he plays his role, and he's a star in FIBA play. He's been showing out every game. Anthony Edwards is probably a top three guard in the league, realistically, whether you put him at shooting guard or point guard. he's un- If you put him at point guard, he might not be top three. You put him at shooting guard, he's definitely top three. Anthony Edwards puts up MVP numbers during the regular season. Anthony Edwards has been playing great during FIBA play. Brandon Ingram is Brandon Ingram. He's 6'9". He's built like KD, plays like KD. He's hard to stop. 
So I don't think that they'll struggle to win. They might have one game, maybe if they end up meeting Spain at some point, just because Spain plays such all-around well basketball. But I don't think that they struggle to win it. I agree with you. Team USA, you got so much stats, talent, it's not even funny. Looking at most of these countries like the Philippines, the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, China, Jordan, New Zealand, Australia. There's really not a whole lot of top NBA talent from this country, from most of these countries competing in this thing anyways. So you know you're taking the best basketball players in the world, going against these countries, and they're beating them by 50-60 because they're, they're in the NBA for crying out loud. They're the best basketball players in the world going up against uh, probably just some top guys from another country, but still, not, not you're taking guys in the world. If they go up against a guy like Luka Doncic or Nikola Jokic, we saw in the Olympics in years past, like, Doncic can lead a team by himself. We've seen that. That could happen. But the biggest thing you said is Spain. They've always had great teams, always played well basketball. But honestly, I still think Team USA dominates this tournament. And to be honest, I feel like no matter who they're going to get put up with, they're probably going to beat them by at least, by at least 25. Yeah, so I think uh, the USA's biggest strength is obviously depth. Every every country, uh, or a lot of the countries at least, have that one star player. Um, but the USA is just filled with them. I mean, like uh, like Ben said, um, all your best guys are already NBA guys. I mean, they beat Jordan by 48 the other night. Um, and I don't know, shooting almost 50% um, from the field is just ridiculous in a tournament. Um, but really, I don't see anyone giving much of a run unless it's Luka. And I think Luka, if he gives a, uh, a run for his money, I think he's the only hope they have at USA not running this tournament. I think that Giannis might have some shot, too, just because it's Giannis. I mean, there's those are the only two guys. Like, Rudy Gobert is not beating USA by nah. himself. That's <laughs> Absolutely not. No, no, no team in the league even wants Rudy Gobert. Same goes with Dylan Brooks. How he signed a contract worth what he got from Houston, I'll never understand. So Canada's not beating them. And those those two, well, Luka, Greece, and maybe Spain, those are the only teams that I would even consider worrying about. And I don't even think at that point you have to worry about them. This isn't really much of a debate, really. I think, yeah, I think, I think we're all homers on this one. USA, USA, USA. 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 All right, guys. We're going to go to a quick break. And when we return, we're going to have our first elimination of the night. Will it be Ben? Will it be Kyle? Will it be Jonathan Edwards, the newcomer? We'll see when we come back right here on Sports Buzz. Hey kids, Ramey Tolliver here to show you how to concoct the perfect radio station in your very own dorm room. Alright, you want to start your week out right on Mondays with two tablespoons of blues. Then you'll need about three gallons of alternative to carry you from Monday nights to Thursday morning. Now you need a reinforced bowl to handle a healthy dash of street beat on Thursday, Friday and Saturday night. All right, now, in order to relax at week's end, stir in a cup of jazz on Fridays. For a little extra zest, whip in some gospel, oldies, and the rock on the weekends. Now, if that isn't enough for you, sprinkle award-winning news and sports if you please. 
WMUL is your perfect proportion dose of radio to keep you slim and trim throughout the year. WMUL has not been certified healthy by the Food and Drug Administration. But who cares? It's good radio. Robin, are you seeing this? Yes, it seems like some sort of... There's someone here. What? This sounds like alternative and hip-hop. And jazz and blues. Is that award-winning news of sports? Gee Wilkers, Batman, what's going on? It's it's green. It's white. It's WNUL. 88.1, saving the world from bad radio. And where's Harvey Dent? Golly, there's nothing to do. Wally is at baseball practice. Jane has her piano lesson. It's Friday afternoon and Timmy's having a little trouble with boredom. You know, Timmy, the best way to beat boredom is... Join an after-school program? Nice try. Take Sue to the malt shop? Not quite. Well, what is it? Listening to WMUL, of course. Why didn't I think of that? 88.1, right? You're catching on. Boredom will be a thing of the past once you listen to 88.1. WMUL. Welcome back to Sports Buzz. I'm your host, Luke Hamilton, followed by my great panel of Sports Buzz debate artists over here. We got Kyle Spaulding, Ben Anderson, Jonathan Edwards, but one of you has to go. And then we'll continue with the show and let the two fight it out for the win. It was a hard decision. We had Jonathan, who's new, but I'm going to let him stay on. For now, I think he has some great statistics to bring up, and I think he deserves to stay for now. So it comes down to Kyle or Ben. Both of you are super fans of a sense in in your own ways. It's for Kyle with the Steelers, Ben with the Cincinnati Bengals. But I'm going to have to go with Ben Anderson because he said, quote, I forgot about Trevor Lawrence, unquote. And he's the king of controversy right now. And I'm sorry, Ben, but we're going to have to let you go. Do you have any uh, last words, Ben? Good luck, boys. Appreciate it. Wow, thank you. All right, that was a uh, quick exit from Mr. Anderson. But now we're going to move on to our next question. We're going to start off with a question about Marshall Athletics and Virginia Tech. So Marshall is playing Virginia Tech at the Jones C. Edwards Stadium this year. Do you guys think they have a chance to upset the bigger-name Power 5 opponent uh, in Virginia Tech, similar to how we did last year at Notre Dame. And we'll start with you, Kyle. Uh, actually, believe it or not, I was I remember the Notre Dame game very vividly because I was actually unable to make it to it. I had a buddy's wedding that I had to go to that day. So the whole time I'm at the wedding, I'm peeking back and forth because there's a TV in another room on the outside of the wedding. So I'm just watching to see if we win. And I just see Marshall, the score's tied, and then they end up getting that pick at the end to secure it. So that right there, that was one of my first experiences here at Marshall. So at this point in time, I think Marshall can upset anybody, no matter who it is, Power 5, SEC, that might be stretching it. But I think that they can defeat anybody they play. And also Virginia Tech with a former Marshall quarterback, Yeah, I think that I think with them having someone that played here prior left because he thought he was better than that team and had the potential to play at a higher level, coming back to Marshall to play, that fires up that team a little more. I think that Marshall's going to come into this game with not so much a vengeance, but just like, hey, 
we're a tough team too. You saw what we done last year to Notre Dame. We can definitely be you all. So I think that Marshall has a very good shot of winning that game. Um, honestly, I think the only way Virginia Tech comes out of this game is just uh, size of a Power 5 school. Um, it's all about a brand name for us. I mean, it's a big game for us. Uh, first sellout of the year uh, at the Joan. Going to be over 30,000 uh, cheering herd fans there. I think uh, Virginia Tech has been here before and knows it's a hostile environment when it's rocking. Um, but honestly, uh, Marshall's coming off, uh, I believe, over six or seven straight wins to end the year last year, including a bowl victory. The uh, the Hokies, led by Grant Wells of Marshall uh, Infamy, they went three and eight last year, one and six in the ACC, and I really don't think they bring much to the table other than that ACC size, like their O line, and I think both their O line and D line will give Marshall some fits. But Marshall's coming back with one of the best defenses in the country, undersized maybe, but I think uh, really the only thing that Virginia Tech has over is size and the brand name. But that's just more of a mental intimidation factor. Yeah, and that's what it is with any team that's in a higher situation than Marshall. It's like them, Notre Dame, uh, even North Carolina State, the game that we had mm-hmm. this year, they're seen as a bigger team than us. So, like, for years on years, Marshall has been this doubted team by so many just because of where they're from and they're not as big-name school, not as big of a campus, not a, not as much money as other teams. They're not in these major conferences. And I think that's also going to come into play next year when they end up playing Ohio State at Ohio State. <laughs> We not saying that, that we're going to win that one, but I am saying that you can never doubt them against a team that's expected to win. Yeah, I don't think I've learned um, in all my years of watching Marshall football, they can be 4-8, and eight, they can be 2-10, and 10, they can be 12-1. and one. Uh, Never underestimate them because Marshall always will put up a fight, um, at least typically, especially they rise to the occasion. They're definitely big on going into other uh, – other bigger schools and at least giving them a run for their money if not beating them look at Notre Dame last year we can reference that for the rest of our lives but I think Virginia Tech is going to come in here and even though they had a dismal year last year I think uh, Grant is going to come back with a you know looking for revenge after a terrible ending after you know he brought us to top 15 in the country in 2020 then lost the last three games of the season transferred out did horrible last year um, I think he's going to be looking for a little revenge. I think he's going to get a nice warm uh, welcome back at the Joan. And by warm welcome, I mean a hefty side of booze. But honestly, I think uh, Marshall's going to have this one in the bag. Yeah, I'd have to agree. All right, next question. Staying with college football, who do you guys think is the most overrated team so far in the preseason top 25 poll in the uh, college preseason polls? And what is the team that you think should replace that team. We will start with Jonathan. Okay, so I am the biggest hater of um, Texas football there is. I don't have any like rivalry against them, but I am so sick of them being ranked in the top 25 every single year. Uh, for reference, they are ranked number 11 in the AP poll, preseason poll. Um, what really irks me is they lost the Alamo Bowl last year. They went 8-5 and five last year. Five losses and almost top ten in the country is absurd. They lost their bowl game. Um, they went eight and five. And if it tells you anything, they were ranked 25th when they lost the Alamo Bowl. Yes, they lost to number eight Washington. But you want to uh, you want to make them jump 14 spots in the off season, um, coming off a loss from 25 to 11. Give me a break. I think they are the most overrated. Um, as for replacing them, I think. Um, 
I don't know. I really think TCU dropped way more than they should have. Um, TCU absolutely got thwomped by uh, by Georgia that 65 to seven national championship game. But they beat Michigan the week before. Um, them dropping from uh, top four down, barely making the top 15, I think, is a complete joke. So um, forget about Texas. Really, um, they're not impressing me very much. See now. I have to dis- I have to disagree with that. Texas has never not been a top twenty-five team. They win games. They produce. Maybe they're always in the upper. They're in the lower part of the top twenty-five. Usually, they somehow end up in the top ten in times when they shouldn't be in the top ten. I'll agree with you on that. Maybe top fifteen even, but top twenty-five. Texas should be in there. My team that I'm going with somehow they got ranked in this preseason poll, which makes no sense to me. Miami. Miami's number 21 out of 25 in the preseason poll. Miami went 5-7 and seven last year. They finished oh negative. They were not ranked. How does a team – they went 3-5 and five in the ACC. How does a team that finished negative, who's usually a dog, end up in the top 25? How do you even think about ranking them there if they go 5-7? and seven? I, really don't, um, I really don't trust preseason polls. By week two, they're not going to mean anything. I think it's just to get fans buzzing, uh, get some betting going. Um, really just – uh, stroking the smooth brain of some college fans, but um, I really think um, you make a good point. But also with Texas, it was, I wasn't uh, disputing them being the top twenty-five. Um, the fact they jumped fourteen spots yeah. by losing a bowl game is absolutely absurd to me. Them as well as not only Miami but also Kentucky. How is Kentucky football? I'm a big Kentucky basketball fan. How in the world are they twenty-four in the polls? They weren't ranked last year. They were three and five in the SEC. They're seven and six overall. That team shouldn't even be in the SEC when it comes to football. They should make a rule where they're excluded from it for some reason because they've never been good enough to play in that division whatsoever. They had one quarterback last year who had a decent season and almost thought he wasn't getting drafted, panicked. I mean, the team's just not a football school. They never have been. And to say that they're top 25 is absurd to me. I really think you can replace, um, even though they're in, they barely scrape by at 24. If you're going to replace that spot, give it to Tulane. They beat USC, Heisman Trophy winner, and now USC is ranked number six. But Tulane coming out of the AAC um, at 21, I think they are at 24 currently. Sorry, um, I really think they should, you know, maybe move up a couple spots, kick uh, Miami or Kentucky out. I mean, preseason polls don't really matter. They don't know what they're talking about. Um, you could go for days about this argument. Yeah, I might also be a little biased here, but if I'm taking Kentucky or Miami out of the situation, I'm replacing them with Marshall. I mean, nine and four last year, won a bowl game, beat top, beat a top ten team, second game of the season. They may have folded the next week to Bowling Green, but <laughs> at the same time, this team they win their games. They play some big teams throughout the year and they win games. So I don't think there's any reason that Marshall couldn't be up there at least in the 24 spot instead of Kentucky because clearly. Kentucky's not doing anything better over there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the main problem with keeping Marshall out... Uh, it's Marshall. Yeah, when, you, when you're when you in the Sun Belt or any of those, unless you beat multiple big teams in a row or you go 12-1, 11-2, you're not making the top 25. Which is why we need to schedule tougher teams. We're working personal, on it. Our <laughs> personal opinion. And then we beat them. Yep. Amen. Go Herd. All right, guys, next question. I know Kyle just brought up Kentucky. We're going to move over to Marshall men's basketball. Will Marshall be able to repeat the season they had last year? They had a great regular season and kind of fell apart near the end in the conference tournament. What kind of chance do they have against Kentucky 
in Lexington this year, and do they even have a chance at being the same team they were last year? I'll start with Kyle. No. No shot. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but you're playing Kentucky in basketball. This is what they're known for. This is what I was just talking about in the last discussion. It's Kentucky. They have five-star recruits coming in every year, some of the best talent in the entire country. And now that you can pay players, they have way more money than Marshall does than most schools do when it comes to basketball. They can pay as much money as they want to whatever guy they want and get him at their school. And on top of that, when it comes to Marshall, they had a good season overall and then started to go on a decline towards the end, but they've lost so many players in the rotation. Micah Hanlon, freshman, seven foot one, had an amazing season last year for the herd. He got a bag and went to Florida. Andy Taylor, the guard that everyone knew who could stroke it every time he got the chance, leaves and goes to Mississippi State. Um, and then after that, David Early, bench player who people wanted to see play, leaves and goes to Tennessee Tech. They're a whole, and then Tavion Kinsey goes to the NBA and plays in summer league for the Jazz. So many players on that team are gone. You you have Obina still. You have the Kerfman, but at the same time, You've lost everyone that you had. Now you have a young team. Marshall's got a bunch of freshmen they brought in this year that I've heard had a lot of skill. I've seen some play in the rec. They look good, but at the same time, can they compete to last year's standards? Yeah, so I'm actually going to agree with you on the level that I think Marshall is going to be very flustered going into Rupp Arena. I mean, it's coveted for a reason. It is one of the hardest places to play in college basketball. It's tall. It's intimidating. Uh, uh series of excellence from UK athletics, at least in the basketball department. Um, UK went 26-8 and last year, finished top 10, I believe number 7 in the overall final poll. Um, I'd, I think Marshall might give them a run in the first half. Um, D'Antoni's got the coaching skills to at least prepare them for that. I think what's going to kill them, as always, free throws and rebounds. I think that will be the death of them, and I think the SEC's size and talent is going to kill them. I don't even think they hang in it for the first They've got so many young players coming up now. You can't start all your big men, and most of the people that did stay were big men, like Fricks and Connor. So you bring all these young players in, and less, none of them have experience playing college basketball, let alone playing a team like Kentucky. So I think more or less that game against them at Rupp will be more of an eye-opener for the team than it will be Marshall showing what they've got. I, I, I'm going to stick with you on that one too. All right, guys. Next question. We have uh, three new coaches hired in Marshall Athletics. And we got Kim Stevens-Caldwell, who came from Glenville State, won a, D2, uh, won, a, won a D2 championship with them in women's basketball, now taking over the women's program for Marshall. Morgan Zirkel, a former player for the Thundering Herd, having to take over a historic, after a historic season uh, for Marshall softball. And then Keith Roberts, who is the new director of track and field and cross country. Which of those hires uh, excites you the most, and which one do you see the most promise out of? And I'll start with you, Jonathan. So I'm going to pick a little bit of a homer pick here as um, Capital Midland alum Morgan Zirkel. I think she is going to do great here. I don't know how this season will pan out because they're coming off such a historic season. She got thrown into a very interesting situation, to say the least, and I think that there is a great upside to that and I think it's kind of high risk high reward it may take a year or two to get her 
um, really in the flow, but she knows the system well. She knows um, the university, obviously, and I really think that she's going to bring a lot of potential to an already budding program. See, I'm going to have to go with the new women's basketball coach here on this one, and the reason for that is is coming off of championship with Glenville, Caldwell, she's got a team already who had a pretty good season last year, and she has a bunch of players that are up and coming. One thing we noticed last year about Marshall's women's team, they rotated their roster like crazy. You saw a lot of young players like Ilderton, Maynard getting in there and getting shots up, getting the experience they need to make plays their sophomore year. So when you when you have a coach that trusts players like that and has the confidence in them to put them in and then a new coach comes in, she's definitely seen what they could do. She's from Glenville. She's from the area. She saw a lot of these people play locally because a lot of Marshall's players that are young and upcoming are from the state of West Virginia. So she knows who they are. So if you've got a coach that knows the players and has been keeping up with what they can do off a team that already played good overall, a big a big girls team as well, a big women's basketball team that rebound, crash the, re- or crash the boards hard. So I think her coming in here off a championship, her confidence is high. She's excited for the season to start. And she's got a lot of talent to work with. A lot of guards that just – or a lot of players on that team that can create for the entire team as it is. So I think the Caldwell is going to have a breakout season this year, her first year at Marshall. Yeah, I think uh, Marshall's got some good options on all three of these guys. All right, that time has come. We have to decide on a winner of today's Sports Buzz episode. Kyle and Jonathan battled it out till the end. And that last question was a pretty tough one with a lot of – new hires in Marshall Athletics, all great hires as well, but to be determined for now. Jonathan, you did a great job as your first time on Sports Buzz and held in, held in, you know, held it together till the end. But I'm going to have to eliminate Jonathan making Kyle Spaulding today's winner of Sports Buzz. Jonathan, we'll start with you. Do you have any uh, final words? Uh, for for my first time, I think uh, I think I held my own and I'm excited to be around as much as I can and I uh, had a great time. Kyle, you had some great points. Ben, you as well. But, uh, Kyle, you had a little more drive on it than I did, and I hope to be back and maybe get a little revenge on it soon. Gotcha. Also, uh, just want to say congratulations. You've done great the entire time. Way to keep your composure because most people can't keep their composure when you start talking about your fans and your team and everything. But um, other than that, uh, had a blast. Uh, glad to take home another win. I think that's number seven for me on here. So, uh just keep the energy up and keep going. I had a blast, and I can't wait to be back on here next time. All right, and that will do it for this edition of Sports Buzz. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode of Sports Buzz, and stay tuned for Speed Zone, which comes on at 7, 7 o'clock p.m. with Ben Cower and Sean Kelly. I'm your host, Luke Hamilton, and have a great night.